Today, I'm sitting down with Carolyn Cars, who is the owner of Care Title, a title insurance company right here in Tarpon Springs, Florida. Now, Care stands for Competitive, Accurate, Reliable, Expedient. So, Care Title, Carolyn has been in business for about 20 years now and didn't really get her start. She is a real estate attorney, but didn't get her start in real estate right out of law school. So she was at a law firm where they did any, basically any and all cases. So she got a large amount of experience in different fields and then kind of narrowed it down and figured that she really enjoyed the real estate law and being a real estate attorney compared to some of the other law practices and whatnot. So we talk about that more in the episode, but I'm excited for you guys to meet Carolyn and learn more about her business and kind of her journey over those 20 years. You have to have some stories to go along with it if you've been in the real estate business for that long. So let's jump right into it. And I know you're going to get some good value out of this with Caroline. Welcome to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I'm your host, Florida native and real estate ninja, Donnie Hathaway. You know, I started this podcast because I'm extremely passionate about connecting you with the people and the local businesses that make Palm Harbor so special. Palm Harbor, Florida is a great place to live, work, and play. It has everything you could dream of, from the food, the outdoors, the lifestyle, to the people in the community. I wanted to create a podcast that connected the community and inspired everyone to live better. To join this community and stay up to date on all things Palm Harbor, visit my website, it's palmharborlocal.com, and sign up there to join the locals. And remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. So welcome, Carolyn. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast today. I'm excited to chat with you. One, because you have a large amount of experience in this industry and in that field of real estate, real estate title, and you're a business owner, right? That's correct. Yeah. So thanks for being here for one. It's my pleasure. So let's start with your business, Care Title, and Care Title stands for a Competitive, Accurate, Reliable, Expedient. All very looks like things. Jacob gave you some good information. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys do there and kind of what is Care Title all about? Well, Care Title's been in existence for about 20 years. Uh, primarily, Tampa Bay area is what we serve, although we can close transactions throughout Florida. Mm-hmm. I came down here from Connecticut. In Connecticut, you have to be an attorney in order to do title closings. Down here, you can be a licensed title agent or you can be an attorney. So that was kind of an adjustment for me. It's a little bit different down here than it was practicing up in Connecticut. Yeah. How so is it different? Uh, How is it different? The first thing that really stunned me, and it's gotten cleaned up now, is the things that title companies did to procure title business. Mm. There's a little thorny statute called RESPA that prohibits cash payments and in-kind payments to people that are sending business your way. And I had people outright ask me what I was going to give them or do for them in order to, uh, yeah. And so that sort of set me back a bit. So it was a little different flavor than I was used to Mm -hmm. in Connecticut. And the pace was a little bit slower, I think South versus North, maybe Mm -hmm. something like that. So I had gone out, and since my name was Care Title, I had bought these little Care Bears. And I thought that was a cute thing to help bring in business, but that wasn't what people were looking for. I learned that pretty quickly. 
So I decided that probably the best way to grow the business would be to buy a real estate company or to start a real estate company. Mm. And then you would have inside realtors Mm -hmm. that you could draw business from. Yeah. So I went out and I actually got a partner who had a broker's license. I did not at the time. I may have had a salesperson's license then and bought a Remax franchise. Down the road, I actually bought a second franchise. I would probably never buy a franchise again, but that's what I did. And it was in the heyday of Remax, in my opinion. All the brand names have kind of suffered the last 10 years. There's a lot more independent real estate companies and so forth. And Remax used to advertise quite a bit, but you don't see that the way you used to. They had a change at the top and things sort of changed. But anyway, we were the number one real estate company in Pasco. We had 35 agents. And what do you do when you buy a Remax franchise? You build a million dollar building. So that's what we did. And we had the marble floor and the chandelier and whatever. We had marble from Spain and, you know, it was to the nines because that was the market at that time. But what happened was, first of all, it took a while to build this building. And before we even moved in, and I will tell you that real estate really crashed September 05. Most people will say more like seven and eight, but that's when lending really fell apart. And just before we moved into this building, the phones were ringing off the hook and then they stopped ringing. So we moved into this beautiful building with no phones ringing, bills coming in fast and furious, and somehow got through it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so this, this building, that's where like your house, like a real estate company, the title. Yeah. The title was like one wing of yeah. the building. And then we had offices for agents and. The center where the lobby was, was the admin people. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a step back into like before you even got into this career and like, or kind of like just talk about how you got into it. And is it something that you kind of grew up like wanting to do or how did you get into Well, I was the oldest of three girls and I guess I like to make my point when I was a kid and my father would always say, well, you should just go to law school. And it's sort of like, I didn't really think about it. My father had a lot of influence in my life. And I just went to law school. And I didn't study for the real estate or the law boards. I only applied to one school. It was just like, yeah. And fortunately, I got into that one school, University of Connecticut, and went three years to law school and got out and I had a baby in law school. First year of law school, I had a baby. So I wasn't looking to work in a big law firm with an 80 hour work week. Yeah. So I worked in a small firm and let's just say that didn't really work out. All of us quit on the same day after finding out things about the owner. We, I won't share, but And so I started my own practice and yeah, it was a general practice. And when you're a general practice attorney, you take whatever comes in the door. Okay. So I did probate. I did 
adoption. I did a lot of divorces. I did bankruptcy. I did some civil litigation. I had a dental malpractice case. Guy claimed he could never chew a steak bone anymore after what the dentist did. And they did settle. So I did like all kinds of different. Yeah, so you get a lot ask. of experience, mm-hmm. you know, different cases, different types yes. of stuff. And real estate, of course, was another, and that I enjoyed the most. What did you enjoy about it compared to some of the other? Well, even, I mean, I have a real estate company. I am a broker, and I know real estate transactions can get contentious, but it's nothing like litigation. And it's more transaction work as opposed to plaintiff versus defendant Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Bankruptcy, you know, there's can be kind of depressing. Yeah. So real estate, I found to be people were happier with what they were doing. The sellers were happy to get their money. The buyers were happy to get their property. Yeah. So that is kind of what I gravitated towards. What's up, Palm Harbor? It's your host, Donnie Hathaway. If you are looking to stay up to date with all things Palm Harbor, then visit my website. It's palmharborlocal.com. Super simple. You can sign up there, join the locals, where I'll be sharing more information on local events, local history, and what's happening in Palm Harbor. You know, I really want to create and add more value to you as a listener for spending your valuable time tuning into my podcast. So join me there, keep listening, and remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor local. So yeah, so just enjoying like the positive aspect around the transaction versus some of the other cases where somebody's suing somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. So what was it like? Did you ever want to open? Like, did you ever want to have a business like growing up? Is that something you were? I never even thought about it. No. So what made you what like? Okay, we no quit this job and I'm going to start my own wall practice. Well, when I first got out of college. I worked for the Hartford Insurance Group. That's a big insurance company. I worked for them in Connecticut, and I quickly learned I was not a political animal to work in a large corporation. Mm. There were lots of meetings. They were mostly, in my opinion, not worthwhile. Yeah. And a lot of politics, and I just, it was not me. Just didn't like the environment. Yeah. So I don't think I ever made a conscious decision to strike out on my own, but I steered away from that after that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think a lot of people kind of have that. A lot of entrepreneurs are small business owners that same way, right? They just uh, they don't vibe with that environment and, and decide mm-hmm. to do things. So yeah. what was it like, like starting the business? Like what were some challenges that first business that you started that you had to to kind of work through? Well, closer in memory is starting the title company 20 years ago. So I I think I'd kind of go with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we just talked previously about my first challenge was just marketing and getting in business. And I kind of solved that by buying a real estate company, Mm -hmm. you know. Other challenges, I think I told you previously that Failure was just not an option for me. Yeah. It just didn't go through my head. So even when the real estate market fell apart, I was going to just keep at it, keep at it. So the marketing was a challenge. The market itself, when it fell apart, yeah. that was a challenge. Those are probably the biggest challenges I've 
based. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting though is like just having the mindset of even though you have challenges or there are things that are out of control, like the market, right? But still just like you're you're just committed to pushing through and, and kind of overcoming whatever those challenges are, right? Just finding a way. Yeah. For instance, during that time there were so many short sales. And a lot of people don't realize that, but legally realtors were not supposed to be negotiating short sales. Yeah. You're supposed to be, I think, an attorney or a something else. I, it's been a while now. But so I focused on short sales quite a bit. I would go visit my parents who were three hours south of here. And I would go with like two or three file boxes of short sales. Okay. And so that was the market. And that's so that's what I did. You know, a lot of realtors at that time were doing BPOs, broker price opinions, just to get some money in the door. I was doing short sales. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting. That's like after talking to people, other agents and other professionals that have been in like the real estate business for a long period of time. And that's one thing that has stood out to me is like the the market changes, right? Like the way you generate business or you have to go about finding business probably is going to change. Like if you're in real estate for longer than five, 10 years. So you have to be willing to adapt to yes. those market conditions, those different market conditions. Yes. Yes. And now as I'm getting older, and of course, technology keeps changing and changing. I've recently hired a marketing graduate from Florida State, who you've spoken with, Jacob. Yeah. yeah. And that's been great because he's on top of all the technology and the social media. I've never been a social media person. Yeah. Yeah. I never had a Facebook account. Right. Right. I think I'm probably too private for that somehow. Yeah. So. Jacob is doing that for me, and that's great. He's 25 and has the acumen and the wherewithal to yeah. do that. Yeah, I think you have to, just being successful in business, you have to leverage other people and, you know, kind of their expertise and kind of what they're good at. And then you you can focus on as a business owner or whatever, you can focus on the things that you're good at, right? So speaking of, of kind of... That, no, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. This is the things that you're good at, right? So title insurance, like that's always a question that I feel like that always comes up. Like what is, you know, from the buyer's perspective or the seller's perspective, like what is title insurance? And I'm like, do I need it? Like what is it? What is it there for? Yeah, that's always asked, what is title insurance? Do I need it? And it's a really not an easy thing to answer. A title insurance, if you have a claim, it's usually a big one. Chances of a claim are small. Yeah. It will be something like a deed that wasn't recorded properly. Somebody else has an interest in the property. Maybe a mortgage that wasn't properly recorded and didn't show up mm-hmm. on the title search. Basically, it covers items that are not readily discernible from the public records. Mm-hmm. So it's a one-time premium. kind of seems like a lot at the closing, but yeah. then you're protected for the entire time that you own the property. Yeah. And if something big, God forbid, should happen, then you do have that title policy. Yeah. Chances of using it are probably slim. Yeah. But it's necessary, right? Because if something does come up, it could cause cause bigger issues than, than yeah. you know, paying that title policy. Yeah. The claims that occur are tend to be big claims. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So you mentioned something that your father, that you kind of learned from your father that I wanted to bring up that I, I just found it interesting, right? And it's, he said he was grateful that competition, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, mm-hmm. so grateful that competition was so mediocre. That's right. right. That's right. So kind of explain that. Yeah, I heard that from him many times. Yeah. And some background on my dad. He grew up the son of a carpenter from Norway. He's all Norwegian. His mom and dad were 100% Norwegian and had very little, a little tenement in Brooklyn, New York. And he managed to get through medical school and be a director of medicine at Hartford Hospital. And, you know, so he kind of lived the American dream. But he would say that he was always grateful that the competition was so mediocre in that he felt like he worked hard and has, he's going to be 90 this year, has tremendous integrity and had compassion for his patients and all. Mm -hmm. And I think he felt like not a lot of people had those basic characteristics that helped him to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the one thing that when I read that quote that like kind of stood out to me too was because I would agree. And I, and I think you hear like other business owners or people that have been successful. It's just that they were either more consistent with, you know, providing that service or sticking with their career. Consistency. That's right. a good point. Yeah. I got out of college and there were no jobs to be had. It was 1980. Okay. And I went to work selling life insurance at 100% commission. Mm -hmm. And this one guy, not too much older than me, but in his 30s, maybe. And I said to him, how is it that you're always producing? Like every week, you're so consistent. And he said, Carolyn, 99% is just showing up. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. 100%. I remember early on in my real estate career, there would be days where, and I think a lot of people kind of go through this, right? There's days where you just don't feel like showing up, right? So there would be, we used to do like some training here and role-playing, script practice, working on your, what you're saying. That stuff is tough too. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's not fun stuff to do, but it's stuff like if you want to be good at your craft, it's it's things that you have to work on, right? Things you have to practice, right? So there would be days where I just didn't feel like going, but the days that I really didn't feel like going and I did go and show up, like those are the days that I really felt like I learned the most, or there was like some valuable lesson that I got out of that day. Right. So I think it's like those moments that we, we just don't feel like going, right. We just feel like giving up. Yeah. It's God, like so. going to my Pilates class. Like a lot of days yeah. I don't feel like it, but I'm so glad afterwards that yeah. I did. Right. Just getting there and showing up is yeah. like the hardest part sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But once you're there, easy. Yeah. And you just go through through the motion. So what about like an interest? So you've been in the business for quite some time. So I'm sure you've had some crazy stories, crazy situations. (laughs) So you got to give me one. Well, first of all, I have to like preface my answer by saying that I have this like unique ability, maybe I would say to like, I forget bad things. <laughs> People have to remind me if somebody worked for me and then they're not working for me and they come back and they want a job, I have to be reminded what was so bad about them the first time around. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I just forget bad things. So that's a hard thing for me <laughs> to answer. I mean, we have had some people that are a little unhinged. Yeah. 
So what about like some, just some generally like challenging scenarios that kind of come up like during a real estate transaction? Well, let's see. One that comes to my mind was an elderly couple. It was sort of sad. And they had, I believe it was a million dollar property back 15 years ago. I think it was in the like 2005 time. I think it was because before I built the building in Trinity and they were trying to refinance to keep their house from going into foreclosure. Okay. And usually on a refinance on a home, you have a three-day right of rescission and it doesn't fund right away. So I was able to figure out that if for certain extreme circumstances, you can get that period waived. And if we hadn't gotten that period waived, it would not have worked. And so we did. And we refinanced it and funded it that day. I remember being at the office in the evening, hours, trying to get that thing closed. So they did. And it was to keep keep their property. Yes. Yeah. So that goes back to like just having, you know, the knowledge and expertise around like the different real estate laws and regulations and that sort of stuff. Right. So. Yeah, I feel like over the years, there's been many deals I've been able to keep together that Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of other title companies probably would not be able to keep it going. Yeah. 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 Like, what do you think are some of like the biggest differences between like having like a real estate or real estate attorney, like managing that that closing versus just a licensed title agent? I don't know what the schooling and stuff is like to be a licensed title agent, but... I don't firsthand myself, but I've had people work for me that have gotten their licenses. And I know the test is tricky. It's not a slam dunk easy thing to do. But in my opinion, and I may be biased, you don't walk away with the same body of knowledge that you do having been an attorney all these years. Yeah. You know, I tell people when they come in that, you know, within a relatively short period of time, you'll know 80% of this business. The other 20% takes time yeah. and experience. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that, right? There's, yeah. there's always like a situation that comes up and it's like, well, I've never ever come across that one before, right? But then you you learn how to handle it or deal with it. Right. You learn it all the hard way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've yeah. Well, talked to agents that have, you know, been in the business for a long time too, right? And it's, it's always helpful to have as an agent or a title company and stuff, like have somebody that's been in the business for a long time. So like when you have those situations arise, you can go to them and be like, hey, how did have you come across this before? How, how did you solve it? And that's not right. It's all about just, to me, it's all about just solving. Right, as they- it is. It is. And that's the most fun I have Yeah, is when there is a situation and we got to figure out a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Be creative with it. Right. It yeah. Yes. So I like to wrap up each podcast by asking the the guest like what's their favorite one of their favorite like local spots in the community. So whether it's like a park you like going to or one of your favorite restaurants that you like going to something like that. Sure, sure. I mentioned Pilates, my yoga studio, which is called Wendy Fit. Plug for Wendy Fit. Wendy Fit. Wendy Fit over on Curlew behind Home Depot. Okay. I really enjoy that a lot. In fact, I'm heading there after we finish today. There you go. And restaurants, I love restaurants. <laughs> I really love restaurants. My particular favorites around here, there's one close to the office that we're at uh-huh. now, Aqua Alta. Okay. It's Aqua. a couple 
from Venice and it's a low key, not fancy. The husband is the chef. He's great. And yeah. it's obviously Italian. Okay. Yeah. The Italian, is it like a, like a fine dining uh, restaurant or, or um, it's casual? Look? It's fairly casual. Yeah. But the food to me is fine dining. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So it's a nice mix. Yeah. And I've always loved Molly's too. And uh, Molly Goodheads. Molly Goodheads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. Because yeah. I'm a seafood lover and okay. they, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Jalen, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. How can people find your title company and just kind of learn more about your business? Well, our website is www.caretitleinc.com. C A R E titleinc.com. We're on Keystone Road in Tarpon Springs. It was a two-lane road when I opened the business, <laughs> and now it's like a major thoroughway. So yeah. it's pretty easy to find. We're just between East Lake Road and, and 19. So. Yeah, perfect. So go check her out, and we'll have all the links and everything in the description for everyone to get more info. But thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I really hope you got a ton of value out of today's episode. Now, if you're looking to connect with the guest or just get more information on the episode, then you can check the description below. All the links in the episode, as well as a link back to my website, it's palmharborlocal.com, where you can stay up to date on what's going on with the podcast and sign up there to join the locals. Let's get after it this week. And remember, together, we keep Palm Harbor Local.